0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit our Facebook page. Now let's tune in to this week's message. I want to share with you uh, just a couple of thoughts today. and Some things, uh, uh, maybe it's about my purpose, about what God has done in our lives, for our lives, and for you and I, and all the people that have come through the church over the years, but Recently, in the last several years, we began to do a little bit more work in uh, apostolic, prophetic, teaching, different things like that. And I want to take you to a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 and 12, as we begin today. And I just want to share what God has just put in my heart, and I'm going to give you some examples about something. Let's pray as we begin this. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. We thank you, God, for what you have done in our lives and what you're about to do in the lives of those that hear this message. We pray, Jesus, that you would just have your way today like never before. We thank you, God. We need to be changed by your power, by your word, by your spirit. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Now, we've taught this around the world at different places. We do a lot of prophetic and, and apostolic teaching. But I, I, I'm going to take a little different view on it today for you and I, because I think it's necessary for us to see the individual work that God wants to do in our lives. It says this. He said, and gave some pastor, apostles and prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's really all I'm going to talk about that for a moment. As we look at this word perfecting, it really means preparing, equipping for battle. How many know that your life is in a battle? Do you realize that there's so many things working against you and I, and it wants to defeat you and I? But we need to be equipped, and sometimes we lose battles because we're not equipped, because we, haven't, we, we don't know the, the strength that God has given to us. So part of my job and as a pastor and as a leader and the pastors that are coming here and the teachers that we have here are to equip you, to perfect you, to come to that place to prepare you, <coughs> excuse me, for battle. The work is his work. It's never your work. So many times people turn around and we think this is my work. It is not your work. This is not Pastor Matt's work. It's not Pastor Paul's work. It's our. It's his work doing in his kingdom. Amen. So God has a thing for you to do. We're working for Jesus. Get that in your heart. You know, I'm working for Jesus. So I want I want to do what He wants me to do. His work is His ministry to bring life, to bring hope to bring love, to bring meaning to people, to bring healing. Whatever someone may need that comes by your life, you have an opportunity to touch them in a greater manner than ever before. Have you affected somebody's life in a good way that came by you? Have you changed them? Have you helped them? Has something happened because you are part of somebody's life, or did you detract from them? I hope that we add to people's lives. God helps us do that. We need people that will first add to us so that I can add to others. And then edifying means to building up, making strong, giving you the ability to win. You know, as a pastor and a counselor, sometimes people come to me and they ask me, how do I do this? I I want you to win, and I want to give you the ability. I want to give you the tools. I want to give you the word that will help you win to overcome. The Bible calls us overcomers. Well, you have to overcome something. You can't be an overcomer. You don't overcome. So I want to be an overcomer. I want to be that winner. I want to be what God wants me to be. And my my job has been to to help you to overcome. I want to see you win. I want to see that victory every day. It may start out small, but at least it starts somewhere. It's got to start with one step at a time. We see children Our grandchildren and great-grandchildren taking one step, and we applaud, we cheer. And then they take two steps. We applaud, we cheer. They take three steps and fall down, and we applaud and cheer that they tried. I think so many times people turn around and say, oh, you fell down. Get up. They can't get up by themselves. You have to help them. And as a Christian, we need to help one another get back up and start over again. Amen? And, you know, they'll smile, and they'll, they'll look at you, and all of a sudden they'll go, thanks, Papa. Thanks, Daddy, for helping me. Thanks, Mommy. And they'll, they'll do it again. Why? Because you're there to encourage them. That's what God wants out of your life to somebody else. Since we started this church, that's what the Lord's wanted me to do, to equip you, to make you ready, to build you up. Sometimes we don't see those things, but that's really the course that God has for our lives. Today we're in a battle also. We battle so many things. Right now we're battling the virus. So many things have come against us. But that's a man-made thing. But God can use man-made things to turn the church around, to waken the church, so that the church can see the power of God, the life of God. Some say it's our way of life that causes the problems, the battle we have. It's our choices, absolutely. How many here ever made a bad choice? I got both hands up. Come on, we've all made them. The problem is, do you admit that you made a bad choice? Sometimes we don't want to admit that, but we've made bad choices. Some would say it's our freedom. It's a battle, our battles of freedom, even our religious freedom. I believe it's all of the above and many more, because when you lose one, others will follow. When we begin to compromise and we begin to to, to say, well, I I just want to agree with somebody because I want peace. That's not what God has called us to be. He's called us to be people that will bring change. Many times in our lives, we're prepared for one thing, but all of a sudden, it seems like there's been a sneak attack against us. It came from nowhere. We didn't think it would happen to us, but it happened. We're not sure what's going on, but something's going on in our life. And I don't know why, because it was Flag Day, that this, this... uh, example came up in my heart, but a number of years ago, the church sent us on a vacation. We visited Pete from friends of ours in Hawaii, and I got to go to Pearl Harbor. We got to stand on the above the Arizona, the monument that was there. And there was a, a, a lady talking about the things that were going on and what has happened, what happened in 1941. And let me just share a couple of thoughts with you. Pearl Harbor, 1941 was an attack by the Japanese uh, Navy on the U.S. Navy. There were 100 ships in the harbor of Pearl Harbor. Ships rowed. There was 100 ships. 16 of them were destroyed, damaged in some way. Eight ships were sunk that day, totally sunk, sunk underwater. Did you know this, that in one year, all eight ships were raised again and put back in battle? That's the fortitude of people who've been attacked that won't give up. That's the fortitude of the United States Navy that will turn around and says, You're not. we're not gonna be sunk altogether, we're gonna rise back up. So I listed the names of these battleships and listen to what happened to them. Now the Arizona did sink, it never did get raised up. But it's become a monument to every, all the other ships that have gone through there. And it's become an inspiration to our nation to turn around and see that there was a sacrifice given There was an attack that took place that that motivated the Navy and motivated the United States to come into war that they did not want. They got There was a a sneak attack, and all of a sudden they rose to the occasion rather than succumbing to the events that happened that day. And you and I have to do the same thing. We have to rise to the occasion when the events attack us. We have to come to that place that I am not going to be defeated. Amen? So we have the Arizona that was sunk. We have the uh, USS Oklahoma, a battleship that was turned over. It took them a year to raise it back up before they could put it back into play again. And did you know that these two ships specifically were targeted by by the Japanese because they knew that these two ships were the leaders? Let me tell you something. The world wants to take out Christian leaders. The enemy wants to take us out in such a way that we can't lead the way for other things. So we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our leadership, not only in the church, but in the government. We need to pray for them, that they'll be strong. But here are some of the other ships sometimes we never heard of. The USS Nevada, it was sunk, refloated, repurposed, put back in battle. The USS California was sunk, refloated, repurposed, salvaged, re-equipped, put back in battle. The USS West Virginia was sunk, salvaged, uh, refloated, put back into battle. The USS Cassian was sunk. The USS Downs was sunk. These two ships were so damaged that they had to rebuild them totally, and when they rebuilt them, they gave them the same names they had before and the same numbers as a memorial to them. And the last ship was the USS Ogala. The sick was uh, salvaged and put back in service and served the Navy until 1965 what a legacy that it's given because they 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 rose to the occasion to equip reequip these ships that were sunk your life is like that i want to say that no matter what the damage that has happened to you god wants to raise you up when you feel like you've been sunk and put down god wants to raise you up again we're not going to let the enemy defeat you or me or anybody else. We're going to rise to the occasion and help people get their lives salvaged back out. Amen? The point that we make here is that they were damaged, but they were repaired, rebuilt, and better equipped than before. I want to say this to you. Life has damaged some of our lives, but don't let that damage sink you. Don't let that damage put you in in a junk heap. Don't let those things because God can make you better than ever before. He can re-equip you. Just like our lives have been attacked, we don't even see the enemy, and our lives become a mess. What has happened to us? Sometimes we wonder, what has happened to my life? What happened these last several years? What's gone on in my life? Something has taken place. An enemy has snuck in and and evaded my life. We need to come to that place of, of realizing God wants to change us. Some people would say, "Put them in a junkyard." We can't salvage their lives. I, I'm glad somebody said this the other day. They said, "Christians is the only religion that shoot their wounded." That's a bad statement, and it's not something we're making. I'm saying to you that if you've been wounded, we're going to get you healed. I'm saying if you've been damaged, we're going to get you repaired. I'm saying if you've lost the power, we're going to give you new power. Amen? We're going to give you new life. We're going to give you new purpose. We're going to refloat you, put you back out where you need to be. Some people don't want to see those lives changed. The attitude of the United States Navy was we're not going to stay down. We're going to rise, repair, rebuild, and then we're going to reattack. Every one of those ships that got repurposed and and refloated and rebuilt, serve the Navy until after the war. There's a time for your life and my life to come and serve God. Do you realize that this is the day that God has made for you and me? It's for this hour that God has you and I raised up to to win the battles. That's the attitude of the church. It doesn't matter. You know, God has called us to help him to find you, save the lost, repair, rebuild, and equip our lives. It doesn't matter how much damage you've suffered. Sometimes and I've talked to people, they say, well, I've, I've done too much. I can't get saved. I, 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 I can't change. I don't know how. We don't know how, but God does. God knows how to make good things. Let me give you this statement. God makes? That's, that's absolutely the truth. God makes all things new. But that means there had to be something old to make new. That means he had to take your life and my life that was torn and tattered and, and destroyed by our circumstances and made it new. You would never know me 44 years ago when I got saved. You wouldn't know that I'm I, this is who I am today. I was not this man. My wife was not that woman when she got saved 45 years ago. But God has made us new. God has given us purpose. God took, a, took two lives that were ready to get divorced, ready to, to call it quits on everything, made our lives new again, made our marriage new again, brought us more children, more lives together today than we ever could have thought possible. Who would have thought I'd have 41 grandchildren 14 great-grandchildren? Who would have thought that? Only God. But, you see, I had to come to the place of knowing that I needed him to help me. And then not only that, and I didn't make myself, God put people in my life to encourage me and help me every day. Let me ask you a question. Are you an encourager? Do you encourage somebody else, or you just let their life walk on on by their lives? We need to stop and encourage people. We need to tell them, that hey, God loves you. I care about you. Is there anything I can do for you? Can I pray for you? Too many times we miss the opportunity. And that's why we call this church New Beginnings, because God wants you to have a new beginning. God wants you to experience a life-changing experience, not through a through a drug or through a, even music, through anything, but through His presence, through His word, through something that changes your life, where you and I never had that opportunity to change. But God wants to change you. How many here? Let me ask this question: How many here have had God change your life? I want to beep your horn, flash your lights. I don't care what you do. Praise God! Let's praise God for a changed life. Let's thank Him. Hallelujah! For a changed life. He's done that for me and my wife. He's done it. He put people around us when we got saved to encourage us, to help us to walk right and and, and just learn how to talk right. We didn't, have a, we didn't have good language when we got saved. Didn't have a good lifestyle. But because we wanted to change. You see, I think sometimes we, we battle people. I do. I battle people that want help, but they don't want to change. It's the changes that we have to make. When a, sea, when a ship got sunk, it had to have some repairs done, it, done to it. And we have to come to the place of saying, you know, this equipment was good, but you know what? We find out we're in a different battle than we thought we were when we made the ship, so we have to re-equip us. We have to refuel us. We have to change those things. That's what God wants to do. And it's not for me. It's for all of us. And whosoever he would direct us to, to rebuild these lives, So many lives have been built. We can be better than ever before. The scripture that we use here as a foundational scripture is uh, 2 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. People who see my life that knew me 45 years ago said, You're not the same man. Thank God I'm not the same person that you knew. Thank God I've changed. How How many are glad that you've changed? You know, and other people are glad you're changed too. Man, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be around me when I wasn't changed. But when I'm changed, I want to be changed forever, I'll permanently. I'm a new creation. All, listen to this. All old things, ways of life, habits, attitudes, language, things we've done are changed. Why? Because God gives us a new purpose. He gives us those things that will help us to live that life that He wants for you and I today. All old things pass away. You know, I like when one guy said he was talking about this scripture, he said, when something passes away, what do you do with it? Bury it. You gotta bury it. And sometimes you physically, and I've done this physically, write down some things in my past. And I got to write it down, and I got to go bury it. I burn it. I don't want it in my life. I confess it. I ask God to forgive me, and I do my, do my best to walk away from it. I don't, this may be a, a bad statement. I don't visit the cemetery every week to see my mom and my dad, but I remember them. But I don't need to go back to dead things to remember what God has done for me. I remember the things that have happened in my life, and I always take the good, and there's a lot of bad things that happen in my life as a child. But I don't live by those. I live by the changed life that he's given me today. All old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. That's what God wants out of your life. And that's what you and I really want out of our lives. We want to be changed in such a way. Then we have to come to that place. And I, I thought about this when I was reading an article about one of the ships that were that were being refloated and it was torpedoed. Three three torpedoes hit the bottom of that ship. And they had to refloat it, turn it over. And when they did, they had to reweld new new iron over the top of it, new armor over top, inside and out. And they gave it more. And we need to put on the armor of God. The Bible tells us that we need to put on the armor of God. We need to put on the things of God that will help us to walk this life out and be what God wants us to be. We need to also come to the place that we, we need to remove the damage. You know, I don't know how. Sometimes how you remove memories of hurts that are so bad. But I do know this, that if I can let them go, let God have them, he can put new memories in me. He can give me new purpose, new life, and gives me a new direction. But if I live by my past, my past will kill me. That's the hardest thing for us to, to go by. When you, when you talk, I've talked to people that, well, I can't get over what they did or how they did it or whatever. Whatever. That if you can't get over it, you're never going to live the future that God has for your life. The scripture teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Eye has not seen, ears not heard, nor has it hinted in the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. God has prepared things for you, but we have to reach out and grab them. We have to ask God, I want those things. I don't want this past. I don't want these things that have torn me up and ruined my life. I I want the new beginning. We also come to the place of putting on the new, and we need to be filled with his Holy Spirit and bring us to that place that brings us the changes that we absolutely need in our lives. My notes are flying around, so hang on a minute. So let's let's ask this question. I can look around the parking lot And I can see lives that are changed. I can see my wife, who used to be an alcoholic. I can look at myself say I was unlovable, full of hatred, was not kind, didn't love my family. I see my sons, that God has changed. Every every one of their lives have been changed. Not because they grew up in a Christian home. Let me just say this to you. Because you grew up in a Christian home does not make you a Christian. You become a Christian when you decide. I want to be a Christian. We've seen my children and grandchildren at young ages accept Christ, and that's great. But there comes a time as an adult, things happen in our life. You go, you know what? I need to make a stronger decision for Christ. I need to have Jesus Christ in my life in a better way than I've ever had before. I've seen that in my son Paul, Matthew, James. All of my sons have had the opportunity. Now, how they walk in them is going to be their choice. But I've seen the choices that they've made, and they've made godly choices. Did they have struggles? Absolutely. But that's all part of life because the enemy wants to steal from us those things. But I see some other lives here. I see Anna, who was homeless, isn't homeless anymore. I see Tim, who had a crazy lifestyle, and now he's married, got a, got a wonderful family, got a wonderful wife. See Brian Thornton, his life has been upside down at different times, but now he's steady. Things are going on in his life. He just turned 50, half a century old. Jim and Becky Crowell, I see their lives. Their daughters testified of how of what a changed life he's been since he, they knew him as a child, how God changed his life. Ron Sersner is an it, it evangelist, and all but you didn't know him as a $500 a day drug habit back in the 70s. Back then, that was a lot of money. It's like $1,000 today. You know, all of us have come through some tragedies, but we, we've made some decisions. We asked the help. We asked the counsel. And we made the changes. My question to you is, are you ready for some changes? Are you ready to make things new? Are you ready to have a new beginning? Are you ready to let Jesus Christ truly, be the Lord of your life. Get you refloated. Get you repurposed and rebuilt. And go back out and win the victory that God has for you and I. We're at a place right now. There was another note here I had. Hang on one second. We're at a place right now that we need to come we're at, a, we're at a place that like, the, like the Israelites that were at the Jordan River when they're coming out of the wilderness. The river was at flood stage, that the promises were on the other side. We're facing some things today, not just with the virus. That's just one thing. We're facing a lot of things that are going on. Our society is at upheaval. Our economy is a mess right now because of what's taking place. But you and I as a Christian have the opportunity to overcome. But we have to get in that water. We've got to step in the water of Jordan and say, you know what? The promises are on the other side, and I'm going to the other side. I'm getting to the other side. I'm getting to the promises that God has for me. How about you? Is that you today? How many want to make that step that crosses over into the Jordan, through the Jordan, not to stay in it? Listen to me. I'm not to stay in the Jordan. That's a place that we, that we refresh and go forward. We're going on the other side to the things that God has for us. Amen? Stand with me this morning if you want, if you can. I just want to pray with you and ask God's blessing on your life and maybe the choices you need to make today. Maybe somebody's here today. They say, Pastor, I need a change. I need to change my mind, my thoughts, my heart. I need to change my conversation. I need to change some things, and I I need God's help. Would you pray for me? Absolutely. Would you help me? Absolutely. God will give you everything you need today and every day because his mercy is new every day. Morning. If that's you, I want you right where you're standing, just lift your hands up and say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, right now I pray right now that you would touch each one of these and have their hand raised. Even as we open our heart to you, God, that you you hear our cry. Our cry is not so much with words, but with the agony of our heart and the sufferings that we've had. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you touch every life, Everyone. We ask, God, that you forgive us of our sins and our past. Give us that new beginning. Empower us for the life and the purposes and the plans you have for us, God, that we may go forward across these places that we may reach a world that's in chaos and pull one out, raise one up that's been sunk by situations, by life, and refurbish them, repurpose them, and rebuild them. And let our lives, God, show forth. Let us be warriors and warships that'll take on the enemy, no matter where they be. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a good shout as we sing one more time.